The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. from the Retro Gamers Podcast here at, finally, New York Comic Con 2018. And uh, before I get into everybody's way, I figured, introduce this week, we're doing a little half and half. This week, let me back out here. There we go, a little easier to see. Uh, This week, we're kind of splitting it up. I got dibs up first here, again, at the Jacob Javits Center, New York Comic Con 2018. Um... I'm here on my own, so I'm going to try and wing this as best as I possibly can. Hopefully, you'll be able to hear me. And uh, we're basically just going to take in the sights and sounds of New York Comic Con. So this probably more will be the YouTube aspect of it. But if we just start walking, and I'm going to flip the camera here in a moment, and you're going to see some amazing, amazing cosplay right off the bat. So let's get right into it. So I just played uh, one of the arcade one-up machines very briefly. Uh, like I said, I'm kind of doing this on my own, so I got no one to hold the camera to show. Otherwise, um, it, uh, the arcades played awesome. They played smoothly. Uh, they ran smoothly. I was playing Centipede. Um, those systems—they're not as short as I kind of thought they were going to be. Um, I mean, they're smaller than regular arcades, but it didn't—you know—they were on the platform. Which made it feel like a normal, a normal size arcade. So that's going to work out perfectly. Looks like they're on sale mid October. So get your pre-orders in if you haven't already. And I'm going to continue the floor. All right. So hopefully all the editing was done properly. Hopefully Anthony did a good job with piecing everything I taped here at New York Comic Con 2018 here at the Javits Center in New York City. Um, as I actually have to get ready. Oh, look at this. That is fantastic. Oh, it's from uh, Mario Odyssey. Ah, that's awesome. All right. That, uh, yep. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, after this, I got to head to the Barclays for hockey, so I'm really tired, but I ran into someone special, someone from my past who actually had to put up with a lot of the games I play now when they originally came out. And if you will, ladies and gentlemen, this is my college roommate, Eric, am I allowed to use your last name? You want to keep it hidden? Uh, well, All right, fair enough. So, <laughs> so, 
So, Eric, thank you for actually being on the uh, on the Retro Gamers podcast and kind of closing up the New York Comic Con edition. Okay. Well, it's nice to uh, meet both of Larry's viewers. Uh, <laughs> My mother and yeah. me. So, um, here at Comic Con, have you ran, did you run into anything? Did you see anything pretty cool? Whether cosplay or even just well cosplay. Yeah, first. a lot of great, a lot of great cosplay, a lot of original cosplay. You know, okay. stuff I wouldn't think of. Uh, I saw somebody dressed like Ed Norton from the Honeymooners. That I wish I saw. That's cool. And he had the uh, the Captain uh, uh, Captain Video. Captain Video. Captain Video. Captain Video. And uh, so I thought that was really great. He wasn't wearing the, the helmet; he was holding it. Was of course. Cool. Best part of that episode, though, is when um, Ralph pops open the uh, the chips, but like he, he broke it too much, and he's you know trying to play it off because it was live back in the forties or fifties. Um, that's cool. I wish I ran into that one. Um, Stuff-wise, like, you know, merch or whatever. Have you seen anything kind of cool, anything interesting, uh, merchandise-wise? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Uh, I just, you know, I just saw, um, what was it, with the, with the wood carvings? That, yes, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go back, and this will be out of order. So, yeah. uh, yes, there's a really cool wood carvings. Um, I have, here we go, ah, uh, Spitfire Labs. Uh, Instagram, Spitfire Labs, so definitely check them out. That is really cool. Um, so that looked very interesting, very detailed work. I was very yeah. impressed with that. Just a lot of great art on Artist Alley. Um, and, you know, just, you know, another great year at Comic-Con. Everything was, you know, seemed very great. How, was it, how many years have you been here? Uh, let's see, I start, first started going 2010, an old college buddy of ours, Flyers of Mine, actually. Oh, yeah. Got, you know, got me into going here. So I've been going every year since, although I missed one year. Back, was it, 12, 2012, 2013? Okay. And then, uh, well, 2012 was a little rough. Oh no, this was this was before all that happened in 2012. So hurricane. So yeah, so that might have been <laughs> that year. But, yeah. um, so there was one year I missed it, but I, I you know, but I, you know, aside from that one year, I've been going ever, you know, ever okay. since. Okay. It's great. I run into people I haven't seen in a long time. Like, like yours what, truly. What's, yeah. What's his name over here? Yours and, truly. Um, uh, an old high school buddy I reconnected with because of Comic Con. So actually, had another college roommate here. But I think he forgot who I am because he actually is like an executive producer for Marvel. Oh, wow. Like, like the website. So I think... I, oh, I run into him here. I've run into him at Mania. He's, I think he just thinks I'm some sort of weird fan. But we ruined for a year and a half. But uh, but this was... He was the last roommate. And he was the one that had to put up with me during the GameCube era. He was my first roommate and also the best of all three of my roommates. Actually... Al although, to be fair, they kind of set the bar pretty low. So. <laughs> Um, no, we had a good time, actually. Oh, yeah, no. We had a really good time. WrestleMania. Yeah, I yeah. dragged you out no, no, 12 was, hours. Yeah, you, you got to meet Maven's mother. I don't, oh, my God, remember <laughs> that? That's right. Some, all right, so, all right, so some crazy, now this is WrestleMania I, I 17. Actually, I actually, me and another friend of ours actually walked away to get something to eat, so we weren't there for this. I only heard, we only heard about it when we walked back, came back. Oh, that's right, it was you and Yari, yeah, I think, Yeah, me and Yari, we, yes. we, we walked away to get something to eat or drink or something. And yeah, because I got, I'd made them come with me 12 hours before the show started. We had three set seats. Chris Jericho, I was. He had the belts yep. and everything. And someone wanted to take a picture with the belts. And in, on a New York City street, I don't think so. But while we were waiting online, some crazy, crazy woman came up screaming. Again, this was WrestleMania 17, so it was 2001. One. No, WrestleMania 18. 2002. It was 2002, March WrestleMania 2002. 18, because it was Rock, Rock and uh, Hogan. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And, um, I was the only one, me, me and Yari were the only ones cheering for, for The Rock, <laughs> and I went first. And um, this woman was screaming, my son, my son. I'm like, what are you talking about? Maven, my son. This woman looked nothing like Maven. Maven looked nothing like this woman. And it was very funny. Very funny. That was a good time. Uh, 
Otherwise, and, though, yeah, yeah. And, we, and we got to see the big show in person. The, yes. the man's hands are bigger than my head. He's a big dude. Actually showed the clip a few times um, with him at, at what is now the Hard Rock yeah. in the uh, in Times Square. But uh, yeah, now that was that was a good time. Yeah, good buffet. Yes. Oh yeah, right. Oh my God, amazing. So, uh, but we're gonna wrap this portion up, like I said, of the podcast. Um, I'm happy to run into you. I mean, we're gonna do a little bit more walking around. Yeah. And uh, but I'm happy to have you actually on the show, and hopefully maybe one day in the future yeah, actually have you on for like a full episode. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Although I'm not a video game expert, I you know more than happy to give my two cents. You know. Fair enough. Hey, which is what the internet's all about. Speed racer. This is true. <laughs> the internet's anything. It's for them to tell me how much they hate me in my YouTube videos. My YouTube videos, not the retro gamers videos. So, uh, all right. So uh, at this point, at some point, we're going to throw it over to Anthony, uh, who actually has a special guest this week. The host of the Yin and the Yang podcast, Anthony Chu's filling in for me for the second half or second two-thirds of uh, the Retro Gamers podcast uh, from New York Comic Con 2018 at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City. Eric and Larry saying so long from New York City. Next year in 2019, Anthony Rippo, take it away. All right, thanks, Larry. It looks like uh, you're having a really good time there at uh, New York Comic Con, and um, th- thanks for the report and sharing uh, those videos. Uh, as you can see, I have um, Anthony Chu from the Yin and the Yang podcast with me. We'll talk about him in a minute, but right now, I wanted to get to this week's wacky retro game. And um, Anthony, I thought this would be uh, an interesting one to talk about because this week's wacky retro game is actually uh, an arcade game. And um, I thought that would be a good one to talk about because, um, as everybody is going to see or hear, uh, we're going to be talking about arcade games in our next segment. But okay. I wa- so, and I wanted to cover um, <laughs> one really weird, wacky retro game. And this game is actually called Poolarula. And I don't know how to pronounce that correctly, but Ooh, it's ruler. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, pool or it's Puli Rula. It's like P U L I R U L A. Puli Rula. It was. De- uh-huh. It was. Uh, it was developed by Namco in 1991, and it was oh, a, wow. yeah, and it was a it was a standard beat 'em up game. However, um, the idea behind it it was about a bad man who stole a time key to stop time flow, and you play one of two characters that um, have to stop him. Sounds like a standard game, nothing hmm. crazy. But then when you look at some of the levels that you're walking through. They're a little bit strange. So, Ant, I know um, uh, I- I'm showing you an image on the screen, and I'll pop it up here right there. Okay. Um, so, on one of the levels, you have character. You have these weird pink elephant characters coming out of a doorway with these two giant legs sticking out of these other doorways. Yeah, I, like, I was about to say, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know exactly what that has to do with stealing time. But um, this was only this was only in the Japanese version when they ported this to America. They did not put this image in there. However, there are other images from the game that are equally um, disturbing. For example, this one that I'm showing right now, where you're standing in front of a mountain and there's a giant sumo wrestler behind you, but he's showing you his back his backside. So you're you're practically getting mooned by a sumo wrestler. 
Um, and then here's another image of a of uh, walking through a level where there's a giant face st- licking the screen, basically. So aye, aye, aye. yeah, so d- I don't know what Namco was thinking of when they decided to make this game, but to me, right, uh, it's just really weird, really trippy. There were definitely a lot of drugs going on <laughs> um, when they came up with this one. So again, if you want more information on this, feel free to look it up online. But Puli Rula is this week's wacky retro game. Cool. All right, everybody. Now to do a proper introduction for my co-host, since uh, since my usual co-host Larry is obviously over at New York Comic Con this week, as you saw in our uh, previous in our first segment. So. Um, I would like to introduce the um, the host or the main host of the Yin and the Yang podcast, which is part of the More of the Same Network, uh, and uh, obviously a really close friend of mine. We've been friends for over thirty years, so please welcome to the show, Anthony Chu. Hey everybody, how are you? I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the show because I've never done a show with video before. Larry doesn't do that for my show, so it's very interesting because I've never. Uh, since I've never done this before, I didn't know what to expect, and I think this is pretty awesome. So you guys have an amazing show put together. I listen to it myself every single week uh, because I am a video gamer myself as well. So this is it's a great, great opportunity and uh, pleasure to be here. So I, we're gonna have, we have an awesome, awesome topic for you this week. Yeah, um, and actually a topic that you came up with too, because when we were prepping for oh. the show and we were discussing um, what uh, you know what you wanted to talk about. Um, right. I actually thought, you know, you know, this is, you know, this is episode 109. We've done 109 episodes, so it's like, how do you keep coming Amazing. up? With, yeah, how do you keep coming up with new content? And um, you know, a lot of the times it is from what other people talk about. They're like, hey, you know what? Um, you know, you guys haven't talked about this yet or whatever. And you came up with a really interesting topic that um, we definitely want to talk about. And I'm sure Larry's going to be jealous that he's not on this portion of the show. Um, since he's too busy on the Comic Con floor, well, too bad for him. Yeah. Um, well, while Larry's doing the Kermit the Frog reporter type thing over there, you know, I Larry just Larry uh, Team Mormon here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I came up with the idea simply because uh, I saw on social media there was a, uh, a an article that asked whatever happened to all the video arcades, and, mm-hmm. and what's interesting about that is that I have. Uh, been to one uh, a couple years back, which was in, of all places, in uh, Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. So they had an entire massive arcade uh, that had featured somewhere around almost 150 video games. Oh, wow. I mean, and their original uh, that go all the way back to the early 80s. I'm talking about Pole Position, Pac-Man. Oh, nice. Uh, You know, they even had, I kid you not, they had... uh, what was the game called? Pong? Pong, yeah. The, Pong, yep. which was insane. I couldn't believe it. So um, I read the article and I just said, you know, I said, it's an interesting topic because, you know, especially for a lot of the young folks who listen, they don't, you know, it, it seems like I can start off by saying, you know, uh, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, you know, there were not, you know, uh, Ataris or Commodore 64s and We'll get into that in a second. Or, um, you know, uh, NES, you know, consoles. So what do you do for video gaming? You know, you had to go out of your house. You had to go out and and 
and you know actually play the physical arcades that were either located in stores uh, in Brooklyn where we grew up at. Uh, there were, it was in pizzerias. It was in a lot of what they called stationary stores and things like that. So, yep. no, oh, stationary yeah. stores. Those don't really exist very much anymore, do no, they? No, not at all. Very, very not few. All. Like, you know, I think, like the, I, think have, the, I think the pharmacies ate them up. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I really think so, and that, that's how it evolved. So, absolutely, I think it's a pretty interesting topic to cover. So, I yeah. figured I pitched it to you, and you like it. So, yeah, no, no, no. It's it's definitely a good topic to cover, and you know what? We don't need to. We don't need to. Um, drag it on but the the topic that you came up with was arcade games that were never released on an actual video game console Mm. which is really yeah which is really interesting because these days with you know with the birth of the virtual console on like you know at start starting mostly with like ps3 and and um xbox 360 and Wii. once online capability became a thing and you started to um subscribe um, to these online, uh, uh, you know, to these online video game uh, consoles, they started to release um, virtual versions of video games, and some of them actually arcade games. So it was kind of interesting to go back and find arcade games that were never ever released on consoles at all. Because to me, yeah. even if it was released virtually, because like um, games, games that pop in my head immediately are games like. Um, um, X Men the arcade game and the Simpsons arcade game, which are two of my favorite arcade games. Now, mm. before the Virtual Console, never existed on a platform, um, but thanks to the Virtual Console, you're able to play those now, which is awesome. Uh, oh, by the way, um, before you go any further, I just yep. wanted to let you know that I am with you on the same campaign. Speaking of virtual, that VB does suck. Oh yes, well yes, Larry's not here, so he can't defend it. But uh, I appreciate Which is great. it. Yes. Even better. I know exactly. So <laughs> yeah. So hashtag VB sucks. Um, everybody knows. Uh, everybody knows how much I like to tease Larry on the Virtual Boy. But let's really face it. You know, let's face facts. The Virtual Boy sucked. Um, there's, a, there's a reason why it failed. Um, and uh, you know, just uh, you know, just just a little you know, little shout out to Larry. Be like, you know, Absolutely. Larry, you can't defend it this week. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> um. And plus, there were no arcade games released on the Virtual Boy. There were barely any games released on the Virtual Boy. That's true. That's so, true. But anyway, so yeah, so I think we can jump right into this. So, our, so I think what we're going to do is um, Anthony and I um, came up with um, – um, oh, actually, you know, we just I just realized we have two Anthonys hosting the show. Ah. Kind of a first for the uh, – Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done switch to a better plan and michael i met with a local licensed insurance agent face to face and done 
Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Retro Gamers Podcast. But anyway, so what Anthony and I are going to do is we're going we came up with a list of five arcade games that were re- that were never released to a console so we're just going to go back and forth and talk about them now it's quite possible we haven't seen each other's list so it's quite possible um we have similar ones um or we may hear you know 10 unique ones but we'll see what happens so um and since you are our guest host today uh i will uh give you the honor of going first thank you i appreciate that um so this is a lot of research, uh, in a sense, because we got to make sure that since there are so many systems out there throughout history in the last, what, two, three decades or so, uh, we had to make sure that these were not ever put you know, uh, and ported onto a console. So the first one I came up with is actually a really interesting throwback. Um, I'm not a very big fan of uh, fantasy-type movies, but mm-hmm. there was a movie that was released in 1988 uh, it was a fantasy film by Ron Howard, uh, and the storyline itself was created by uh, George Lucas, creator yeah. of Star Wars. Uh, and the movie was called Willow. Ah, okay? yes. Um, so Willow came out in 1988, and interestingly enough, the video game to it came out in 1989. If you want to talk about retro, that's a long, that's on nearly 30 years ago. Yeah, we're almost, and, we're almost at the 30-year mark for that. Right, exactly. And the premise of it is is that you have to obviously beat certain levels or at that time the kids would call it boards, right? Mm-hmm. There were certain boards that you had to go through. And you, you the whole premise is that you had to collect certain items, you had to beat a certain boss. It's like if, if you can imagine taking Super Mario and then taking Zelda and putting it together, that's what Willow would have looked like. And it was interesting because I remember back in 1989, I was still in junior high school, uh, you would pass by the video arcades and you would see kids lined up to play the game. The whole thing about it is, is that the way that you know people used to back in those days, uh, when they wanted to wait for a game and depending on how much they wanted to play, they would take their quarters and they would literally put it on the glass yep. of the monitor so that I used you to do that all gauge, the time. Exactly. And you can gauge and see how many quarters or how long do you think it's going to take for him or her to play? Uh, so Willow was one of those well, great movie, but a forgotten video game, which is to me a, a kind of a tragedy. Yeah, should well, have released it on on at least the NES or something. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring it up. Well, Willow did Willow did have a video game. I just don't think it was the same as the arcade game. Right. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. no, it it did have a video game. But um, you make a good point because, like, fantasy movies, especially, you know, um, fantasy movies resonate really well with kids. And Willow was one of those movies. Right. Um, so, obviously, in the 80s, it just made good sense to, you know, to, to license that in the game, you know, in the, mm-hmm. you know, for a video game or an arcade game. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that, um, that's actually an interesting one. I did not I, – I'll, I'll admit, I didn't realize Willow had an arcade game. I knew it had a video game. I didn't know it had an arcade game. Oh, so it wasn't a console then? Well, oh, I did. It, there was a Willow game on console. I don't know mm. if it was an arcade game. Uh, I I didn't know there was an arcade game of it. So, and mm. I'm assuming the two are different. 
Yeah, I, I, I remember very clearly in junior high school, I did see uh, the arcade, at least there was an arcade version. Oop. Well. What? Sorry. No, no, no. No, I, I didn't realize that it was it was uh, ported into a... Uh, no, no, no. A, I, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it was ported into oh, a video game. I see. What I'm saying, it, okay. it's entirely possible, because you got to remember, with lists like these, it's entirely possible that an arcade, for especially when you're licensing a film or something like that, the yeah. arcade version and the, and the console version could be two completely different games. They wouldn't necessarily be... That is true. Yeah, that they wouldn't true. necessarily be the same game ported. And sometimes when they port a game, a, a, an arcade game to a console because of console limitations, because arcade games, the arcade boards, um, are able to, were able to handle more more memory, more, you know, you know, more better graphics and things like that. So mm. when they did get ported to a console, they would kind of get downgraded because of the limitations. So there are some games that, um, and that could be a topic for another time, that were ported to the consoles and they actually turned out to be bad games, even though they were great in the arcade. You know, um, um, a game like Altered Beast is, a, is an example of a game that ported really whoa. well from arcade uh-huh. to, you yes, know, to the yes, Sega Genesis. Yes. But then there are other, you know, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but there are other ones. Maybe a good example would be I w- I, and this is my only uh, my my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two when they ported the, oh, when yes. they when they ported that game to the NES. Now the the mm-hmm. Super Nintendo and the Genesis one was good, but when they ported it to the NES, it re- I didn't really think it was a good port. But again, the NES was very limited um, with uh, me, with an arcade game. And I'm glad you you actually read my mind because I was about to ask like, could you give the fans uh, some type of an example of a arcade game that had a bad port into a console. The mm-hmm. only one I can think of that I was really upset at was Double Dragon. And I know that we've Oh, yeah, Double, Double Dragon is a good Double example. Dragon, exactly, in the arcade game was glorious. Yep. But then all of a sudden, when you put it into the NES console, it was like, it was good, but it's like, ah. Uh, it was not, you no. Know? It was definitely not good. Uh, I, oh, I, yeah, oh, okay. I honestly, yeah. Uh, it was but, tolerable. Let's put it that way. It was it was tolerable enough because it was an you know it was still the, it, it still gave you the feeling that you had the arcade game at home, but it really was a poor port, like you say. Right. The sequel, right. Double Dragon Two, was awesome. They fixed all that the issues good. they had. That with the was first good. One. But yeah, but that, that, fact, that that's playing, an that's an excellent example. I'm playing that on my NES Classic right now. Ah, very nice. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, so Willow is your first one, so I'm going to switch over yes. to mine. Please. So the first one that I have is actually now. I was not the biggest fan of shooting games um, growing oh, up. Oh, those are fun. No, no, no. I know. But, but when I say that, I'm talking about console-wise. Like, with the exception of, like, Duck Hunt. Um, yeah, okay. I, didn't I, really, I didn't really that. do a lot. Uh, I didn't play a lot of shooting games. The only other one that I remember playing was on my Sega CD, and it was a game called Mad Dog McCree. And it was, like, yes. and it was live, it was, like, live video. Um, uh, it was no, a live wait, video wait. shooting game. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Remember, I think that at one point, and not to digress here, fans, but Mm -hmm. I remember some years back, didn't you come to my house and play Lethal Enforcers? Yeah, we used to play Lethal Enforcers too. I remember that. That's a good shooter game because they actually gave you two guns. Exactly. But but in terms of arcade, like I really enjoyed playing shooter games in arcade because it looked so good. In the arcade, I never felt okay, like those. True. I never felt like those ported perfectly when you brought them home, except maybe House of the Dead on Dreamcast, which I do remember fondly as well. 
Um, oh, yeah. But there was one. There was one series in the arcade called Virtual Cop. Um, oh and, man! Yeah, you know exactly. How many quarters I spent on that. Yeah, and and I did the same thing uh-huh. because that game in the arcade was really awesome. And the first yes. and the first two games were actually ported to console, so you can play them. However, right, right. Um, there was a third one. There was Virtual Cop Three, which was really really awesome. And uh, for some odd reason, I don't know if it was because maybe um, at that point we were moving on to another generation of console. They were leaving the shoot, you know, the shooters behind. No idea why. Uh, and I believe this was made by this was a Sega. Um, I noticed I noticed a lot of Sega Sega arcade games made the list of arcade games that were never ported. But for some oh, odd reason, sure. Virtual Cop Three, and it could be Sega was going down at the time, uh, but Virtual Cop Three never made it to a home console and it's and it's a shame too because uh, and, and again i would love to see it make it even on virtually um i know you can't shoot at your you know your led or your 4k tvs that technology doesn't work anymore um, right right but i would still love to see virtual cop 3 come to a home console mm-hmm. i mean that it's an interesting thing because i mean that game i think a lot of the reasons why virtual cop 3 didn't make it is simply because it could be political you know, like a corporate decision is what I'm saying. Could be. You know, as opposed to, I'm just saying that's a theory of mine. But the, the big bad a, man oh, at Sega. Yeah, folks up at top maybe said, you know, we don't want to invest in this type of a, a game, and we want to move on, like you said. So it, it could be. You never know. But that was a phenomenal game. Yes. Oh, agree. I remember the amount of Virtual Cop. I remember the amount of quarters I spent on that thing. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, I, de- I definitely remember spending a lot of quarters, and not only that, I mean spending it as an adult because this game came mm. out later. So, um, th- oh, yeah. I, I think yeah. I, I want to say this was either college or this was definitely college, college age for me. Yeah, um, so it was yeah, awesome. definitely. All okay, right, throwing it back to you. Okay, so the next, uh, the next game that I have on my list, and this is for again, based out of a movie. Um, is I kid you not, Konami in 1990 mm-hmm. came out with the video game Aliens. Okay, not part one Alien, but part right. two Aliens. Hmm. It I just for the life of me I can't understand why it never showed up on a console because for a game that was made 28 years ago, mm-hmm. if you played it right now. You would have been like, wow, because the graphics were just unbelievable. Yeah, I do remember the graphics on that being amazing. You know, and it was an intense game, you know, and I think that also it was a game where you had two players at the same time. It was kind of like that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle yeah. 1 style where you kept moving to the right. Mm-hmm. And it was just you kept shooting aliens. It's just that. But then you know what it is? Every kid that played it in the arcade, I remember, would always say, wait a minute, in the, and this is one thing they got really wrong here, is that in the movie, the alien, the mother alien itself, was so difficult to beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, Sigourney Weaver and, and her crew had an impossible time. How is it that all of a sudden now, in the video game, you shoot them with one bullet and they're done, they're gone? Well, because, because it's an arcade game. It's not going to be fun if you have an alien that's impossible to kill the entire time you're playing. But I always know? thought that they, it would be like a boss level or something. Well, you know what I mean? Well, uh, but I, with a game called Aliens, what else are you going to put against people? You know? 
besides uh, the glowing ones. Um, maybe like they morphed into something else. Maybe if you don't get them in time, I don't know. Maybe you know. But, um, <laughs> but I will say that. that great. Yeah. Oh. But I will say like one of the. I think one of the reasons why sometimes games like that don't get ported are licensing rights. And and when I say that, I mean licensing rights between the video game company and the film studio. Because whenever you whenever you port a game or use a film, you have to get the licensing rights. And the licensing rights may have just been too high of a cost for you know Nintendo or, or Sega mm-hmm. or you know any other company at the time. Because this was actually prime time for um, any console to pick it up. Because remember, there was the TurboGrafx-16 that was trying to make its place in the market. There was the 3DO. There was the 3DO that was trying to make its place in the market. Um, And then... Didn't uh, didn't Neo Geo too? Yeah, Neo Geo existed, uh, or was, yeah, existed around this time as well. So, uh, but Neo Geo, I felt like, was kind of in its own little world. Like, they made their own games and that was it. I don't think they really did any third party. That's Um, okay. Yeah, I don't think they licensed anything. So, uh, you know, but the rest... Um, you know, the rest of the companies could have just been, it may have just been too expensive. But yeah, I agree with you. Aliens was a really fun, like, side-scrolling game. Uh, very, like you said, very, like, Ninja Turtles. Very right, similar. right. Very much so. Super fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead, sir. Uh, so moving on um, to mine. Now this, uh, again, uh, this is an, it's another shooting game, but it was a very interesting shooting game that I enjoyed because it was, it was again, capitalizing on a film franchise, which... Um, you've already talked about twice, so we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna cover it one more time. But um, uh, this game, I actually thought, in my opinion, was more entertaining than the movie. Because <laughs> um, oh. I was it was a, it was a sequel to one of the probably one of the most uh, well known franchises at the time in the '90s, um, and it's called, uh, it was the Lost World Jurassic Park. Now, oh wow! Yes. Now, what I loved about what I loved about this game was it was. Um, um, the way it was designed, like the screen was constantly moving, almost on like an action form. So it's like you would swing, and all of a sudden there are velociraptors coming at you, and then you know you would jump in the jeep and drive away, and then the Tyrannosaurus Rex is chasing you, kind of similar to what happened in the first film when mm-hmm. they were in the when they were in the jeep um, trying to get away. Um, mm-hmm. But the action in it was so on point, and the graphics it was beautiful, it was fluid. Uh, it was just an amazing and, and to be honest with you, really exciting game because like when they were coming at you, it it gets tense really fast. Yes, so, very much so. You know, and it was just yeah, and it was just a blast to play. And it was a two player game, so you can play with somebody else, which was awesome as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, who didn't love the Jurassic Park franchise in the nineties? I mean, people are lo- no. people are falling in love with it now again because of Jurassic World. Okay. But you know, in the nineties, right. Jurassic Park was huge. Yeah, I mean, I and then like 1993 was the first movie, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was just something that no one's ever seen before. It was just, uh, I mean, how amazing it was. Now, with the Lost World, is is it a shooter? Yes, is it or a semi shooter? No, no, it's, it's ultimately a shooter. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, because um, I remember there was something out. I, I just, I after the first film, I never really got into the rest of them mm-hmm. so i didn't know how that game came about oh so it is a shooter game okay yep definitely cool. a shooter game wow that but was a- yeah definitely a fun game if you've never if you've never played it if you've never seen it just um go on youtube and check it out i'm sure there's video of it but um definitely mm-hmm. definitely one game i would again the unfortunate thing about shooter games is that bringing them to a console today 
it's a lot harder because you can't use you can't use a gun. You can't use like a, okay. a, a gun. You can't shoot. Um, you know they'll put maybe a crosshair on the screen, which will kind of simulate the best you can do. But mm-hmm. um, I definitely highly recommend um, checking that game out if you've never seen it. Oh, definitely, definitely. That's yep. that sounds. In fact, you know what? Now I want to check it out. Maybe I'll go flip on the YouTube or something like that and see what it looked like. Nice. You know, um, I I promise you for the rest of the of the list. I, I have no more film references. Okay? Uh, I cannot promise the same. <laughs> okay. So um, now I covered, a, uh, you know, a movie, an action uh, movie that basically came onto uh, um, video games. I want to shift pad, um, shift uh, now to something different. Mm-hmm. I'll shift the paddles a little bit, uh, shall we say, to one of my absolute favorite Sorry, making driving a, games making, making a lighting okay. adjustment here ah um, I'm, so, looking, I'm looking awfully pale mm. ah okay there you go okay there you go brother all I right got a little color now i don't look like a vampire <laughs> <laughs> so in uh speaking of sega in 1998 sega came out with a game called daytona 2 battle on the edge yeah now if you are a driving fan, like I love driving, like I like driving my car, but I also like racing games because it's one thing that captivates me about racing games is that you don't die, you yes. know, in real life. If you yeah, you can't really do that in real life. Like you you, you yeah, kind exactly. of die if you do that. Yeah, exactly. Or you have a very high probability of. And the thing about it is that when Daytona came out, mm, it was okay, you know, when it first came out. But Daytona 2... Whoever developed this film, excuse me, this game, actually put amazing graphics. It was so intense. Mm -hmm. The shifts and the turns were like really... The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for. And done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for. And done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done switch to a better plan and michael i met with a local licensed insurance agent face to face and done go to myhealthpolicy.com to compare top rated medicare advantage plans in your area including zero dollar premium plans or call 1-800-GO-START that's 1-800-GO 
go start. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Sharp, and you were like on the edge. You know, I mean, I'm sure. Hence the title. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, battle on the edge. And I am sure that there were a lot of kids who had high blood pressure issues playing this game because it was just intense. It was it was fast. Now, I will say this, and I'm, I'm going to defend the developers here. Because of the intensity of the game, I realize that nowadays you could virtually put any driving game. And I'm sure mm-hmm. like uh, between uh, Forza Sport I think, or something like that or Motorsport or... or there's so many games out there that you can do on a driving level. With this one, I think that it would not have been done justice if you ported the game to a console because you would have literally needed the wheel. Hmm. I mean, it was one of those massive things where you're sitting down and you're porting, uh, excuse me, you're sitting down and you're, you're driving and there's this big, big wheel. Yep. And it just, it just would not have... have uh, made sense to put it onto a, a game console yeah. just because you needed that driving environment well and you, and you make a good point because driving arcade games i feel like i feel like part of the overall experience because you can buy you can buy driving wheels for your consoles now mm-hmm. for driving mm-hmm. games specifically right. um but i feel like the, the like there's something about sitting down in a seat with the driving wheel and the and you know the screen in front of you it feels more immersive in the arcade uh, and it's just cooler so, you know, I, I feel like those are the types of games where, th- like, it's like apples and oranges when it comes to playing it in the arcade and oh, playing yeah. it at home. Definitely. I mean, another classic example of that was pole position. When yes. you really think about pole position and in the arcade itself, can you really, really play pole position the way that they had it in the arcade? And, and no. just imagine doing that, you know, without the wheel. Yeah, no, exactly. You have, well, so, and you so. know what? I mean, I and I had pole position on, you know, uh, I don't know if it was on, I, remember I think that. it was on the NES or um, I do remember that. But yeah, yes, but yes, you yes. know, using a crosshair and using a driving wheel two totally it's different experiences. Exactly. So, so yeah, but that but still, t- you know, for for today's standards, you can very easily release Daytona 2 because driving mm-hmm. wheels now for consoles are in abundance. You can just go to the store. And oh yeah. Them. Yeah. So, <clears> you can <throat> even buy there are uh, there are other ones where you can buy like you can buy pedals too. If you want to actually do like the the gas and brake. Now, Daytona Two. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but Daytona Two or a version of it never appeared on the Sega Classic, right? No, no. Classic, no. Well, uh, oh, you mean like those flashbacks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, And not only that, those those flashback consoles were poorly poorly constructed. So, ah, um, true. Now you were saying the gas and the brake. Can they actually have those things? They've they've made those before for consoles, where you can actually buy it and plug it in, so you can, yeah, use use actual gas and brakes. So you can basically, wow, you know, sort of build a little setup at home where you're, you know, where you've got your own little driving simulator. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. that's pretty cool. I yeah. did not even. I it, this is going to sound like I'm living on a rock, but I never knew that. No, yeah, I just well. knew that they were they they sold the wheel, but I didn't know that they had gas and brake too. That's crazy. Yeah, no, dude, crawl out from under that rock. I, a... I got to, I got to, definitely. All right, um, all right, my friend. Moving on. So, I think that I think this arcade game to me, I think this arcade game goes down in the record books for one of like, why the hell is this one not out on any console ever? 
Um, it makes honestly because it's probably one of the most world-renowned arcade games and one of the most well-known um especially for fans of the film franchise again we're going into the film zone and this is my last one from film franchise but um whenever i bring up whenever you talk about this game everybody stops and talk and says how awesome it is um and everybody wants it on a home console um and i'm talking about george lucas's star wars trilogy now If you've never played this game, you are missing out on prime video game awesomeness. You really are. Um, So, and I urge you to check it out either on YouTube or if you if you find an arcade, if there's an arcade near you, I mean, chances are this game still exists in there because that's how much people love this game. So, Star Wars trilogy is what it's. It's it's a video game. It's an arcade game based off the original Star Wars trilogy, and you get to choose. You know, you start by choosing which um, which film you want to play in. Do you want to play in, you know, A New Hope? Do you want to play in Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi? And, you know, most of it in flying simulation, uh, mm. especially for um, for uh, A New Hope. And it's, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous to play through. So, like, for example, in the – if you choose A New Hope – you're you're in a you're in an X-wing and your and your goal is to destroy the Death Star. So you're flying. It's first person perspective. You're flying. You're shooting at the Tie Fighters. You're going into the tunnel. You're dodging everything to to drop that one bomb by you know the way Luke did, so you can blow up the Death Star. Absolutely, like when you're sitting in that arcade because it's also an enclosed. It's kind of an enclosed arcade, more enclosed. So you really feel like it's just you playing the game and there's like nothing else around you um, right so um absolutely beautiful the, the 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 graphics are amazing it's super fluid when you play through it um and it just gives you such a a, a a wonderful experience i can't talk more highly about the star wars trilogy arcade what now remind the fans actually remind me as well what year did this come out oh this one was um Probably somewhere in the early to mid nineties. I don't remember exactly when it was. Early was to mid nineties. Yeah. I, I, okay. It, now, it's either that or it's somewhere in the nineties. It could have been some odd reason. Nineteen ninety eight is popping in my head now, but I'm not exactly sure when. Okay. Um, not to sound like I'm digressing here, but is there? And I just want to make sure that this is the same game because the the I remember there was this one Star Wars game I played. I don't know if it was Star Wars trilogy, but there was the one where um, you're you're sitting in. And there was a point where you're going, you know, straight ahead and you have to hit the Death Star in a certain point mm-hmm. and then fly out. Is that the same That was game? part of it. Yeah, that was part of oh, it. Oh, that I remember. I You know, of all places I played that thing. Where? Uh, remember in Brooklyn, uh, we had in Bay Parkway. Again, fans, I didn't mean to digress, but Chuck E. Cheese. We're getting the local. The original. Oh, God. At, at Caesars Bay. At Caesar's Bay, yep. before Chuck E. Cheese became nationally chained, mm-hmm. the uh, one of the original Chuck E. Cheese was located in Brooklyn, New York, and yep. they had a massive, massive arcade. I remember, I think my my father was so angry with me because I took my allowance money and I spent it all on that one game. That was oh, I didn't realize it's I didn't realize Chuck E. Cheese was still around when this game came out. I don't remember when. Yeah, it, no, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. It when, closed I, up at around like ninety two, ninety three. 
Oh, did it close that early? I don't remember. Well, um, maybe later. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was going to say, where, where Chuck E. Cheese stood, there's a Coles now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Among other places. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Star Wars Trilogy, definitely um, definitely one that, ha- like, at some point, that has to come to a console. Just has to. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Right, back to you. All right. Um, the fourth selection in within this entire thing uh, is... <laughs> Have you ever heard of a game from Sega that was put together in 1999 and it's called Jumbo Safari? Jumbo Safari? No, I don't know that one. I actually do not know okay. that one. The best way to describe this game is that let's let's take a reference of somebody that you and I both love. Mm-hmm. Um, if Ace Ventura Uh-oh. was to have gone ballistic and decided to hurt animals... This is what Jumbo Safari is. Oh, <laughs> so that's a good visualization. Why, okay, so I mean, the best way to describe it is that you're this—you're dressed like, first of all, the crocodile hunter. Okay, you know, with the hat and the and the and the shirt and everything like that. And they give you so imagine when in Ace Ventura, when nature calls, when you're driving through the safari with mm-hmm. the jeep, right? And it's funny because as I'm as you look at this game. What you do is you have a lasso, and you're rounding up animals, right? Okay. So you're rounding up animals any way possible, and it's a pretty physical game. And you round them up, and you basically bring them in for points. And there's no rhyme, there's no reason, there's no plot line, there's no setting. You just get in that Jeep, You it's Ace Ventura gone ballistic, and you just go round up animals in a pretty violent way. That's well. When you say violent, though, is it like are you killing well, the animals I mean, or are you no, just collecting no, no, no. them? You're not, you're not killing the animals, but you're collecting them. I mean, it, it's. I mean, this is 1999, so you know this is before video games got angry. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a bit, a bit angry in certain cases. Like it, it ain't Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, but um, it, it is just the graphics are great. All kidding aside, and what's also interesting about the game is that. It's a limitless game. Mm. Like, it's not as if there's something to accomplish, like a storyline, and then that's it. You know, you go to the next level or board or whatnot. It's just, you know, you when you can't round up... I think that the premise is that if, when you cannot round up enough animals for points, it's done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, um, sounds like a game I need to, to check out on, uh, again, like online on YouTube or something like that. Because I... I it, it's a game that uh, that uh, never caught my eye when uh, I was hitting the arcades, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if I, if if it pops up somewhere um, in an arcade. It, if you go to YouTube and you check out Jumbo Safari, when he's driving and he's rounding up the animals, I just want you to think in your mind a mental visual: chitty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. We love you, and just uh, just imagine Ace Ventura yeah. singing that. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly what you should uh, have in your I will, uh, I will try and remember that disturbing image. And I'm sorry I had to sing or I don't want to turn into Larry here. No, um, yeah, you know, you do know I don't, I don't condone Larry singing on my, on my he's show. He's using my show as a karaoke hour, you know that? Oh, is he? Yeah, this has got to stop. Yeah, not this cool, not stop. cool at all. Um, all right, so we're going we're gonna to jump back to mine. And mm-hmm. uh, so this game... Uh, it's it's another licensed game. It's not a movie license, though, but it's a, it's a comic book licensed game. 
Um, and uh, again, due to the popularity of this character today, mm-hmm. the fact that this game has not been released on a console also escapes me. Um, and what I'm talking about is Spider-Man the Video Game, which was an arcade game. It was called Spider-Man the Video Game, but it was you know, but it was actually only released in the arcade. Mm-hmm. It was created by Sega. Again, another Sega arcade game. Uh, it was released in 1991, and it played very similar to games like Captain America and the Avengers, um, a little bit like um, Streets of Rage, or um, you can even talk like maybe X-Men the Arcade, Simpsons. It, it's games similar to that. And the four characters that you got to choose from when you were playing were Spider-Man, obviously, okay. Black Cat, Hawkeye, Black yep, Black Cat, ah, Haw- my Hawkeye, man Hawkeye. Yeah. and probably for the first time, or it may have been the first time ever he existed as a playable character in a video game, may have been the only time, I'm not exactly sure, but Namor the Submariner. Um, so, wow. Yeah, so those were the four characters that you played through the game, and again, okay. um, you know, you had different levels, and at the end of every level, you fought a different boss, and we're talking about classic Sp- Spider-Man villains here, we're talking about Kingpin, um, Venom, Doctor Octopus, Electro, Lizard, Scorpion, Sandman, um, Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, and then the final boss in the game, Doctor Doom. I mean, there were it was, there were so much about this game that was awesome. I have no idea why this game never made it to console. Now there have been plenty of Spider-Man games um, going all the way back to the Atari. I mean, I played the original Spider-Man game on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, mm-hmm. which was just you know, a little, a little red and blue stick figure Spider-Man climbing a uh, climbing a building to fight the Green Goblin on the top. Um, but yeah, so it, it just it boggles my mind why this one's never come to a console. It's such a fun, fun side-scrolling game. It really is. Mm. I don't know if mm. you've ever have you ever played it. Never. I've ne- I've never even heard of it. Believe it or not. Yeah, it's it's just fantastic. I'm not sure exactly. And the graphics, you know. Um, the graphics of the game were very; they looked just like the characters in the comic books. So it was again; it was okay. one of the, it was one of those one of those games where you were basically getting the chance to embody one of your favorite comic book characters of all time, or four of them. You know, if you happen mm. to be huge Submariner fans. Uh, yeah. So Submariner is one of those characters in Marvel I really find doesn't get enough respect. Yeah, I mean, he's uh you know? well, he's an interesting character and um and and, and in some cases um he's been I mean, only recently. Yeah, you know, is he slowly coming about. I think he's coming about, but there were times also where he was kind of perceived as a villain for a little while. So That's um, true. That's true. Yeah, so he's, another character that I I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say he's just a very complicated character. Right. Another character that I find in the Marvel universe that needs to get more attention is Gambit. Gambit, let me tell you something. Gambit, I, I can go on record and say that Gambit is my favorite X-Men. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes, by far. exactly. Um, I, I know everybody, everybody, everybody loves Wolverine, and I don't, and I don't hate on Wolverine either. I'm a big fan of Wolverine, but there was something about right. Gambit that I always felt was cooler. He was just always so. He's just got this like suave, confident persona. Exactly. Um, yeah. And let's face it, um, I would love to be able to just charge something and throw it and watch it explode. <laughs> just just a cool thing um, okay. so yeah so anyway um, so Spider-Man the video game check it out if you've never seen it 
Ant, back to you for your number five. Uh, okay. And, and, and I have a hunch. I have a hunch that your fifth game is my fifth game. Because neither of us have gone to a certain um, to a certain genre that we're both big fans of, and I know you wouldn't have left this off your list. Mm, so let's okay. see. Let's see what number five is. I'm almost afraid. I'm almost afraid to even mention the fifth one because I, I have a feeling that I think that we're going to have the same fifth. And that's so. Okay. I do have a I do have a backup in just in case. Okay. Um. And, you know, so the fifth one that I have is a game that was released by Technos in 1991 yep. called uh, WWF WrestleFest. That, that is my fifth game. Ah! Oh, man. Oh, man. But that's awesome. Let's talk about it. Okay. So you, you and I have always been professional wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. We've gotten the ring ourselves. Um, you know, we've been trained and, and we love all aspects of WWF. Mm-hmm. We grew up under the WWF era into the WWE era. Now, what's interesting is that all the classic wrestlers, the professional wrestlers of the, the 80s going into the 90s mm-hmm. were there. Like Jake the Snake Roberts, yep. Hulk Hogan, the Legion of Doom, yeah, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Who were not playable, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah, in WrestleFest... In, you know when you would do when you when you played the tag team option, yes. Legion, Legion of Doom were the tag team champions, and because of that, you weren't allowed to choose them as playable characters. Right, exactly. So you have to work your way up to facing them, right? Exactly. I believe Mr. Perfect, your man, Mr. Perfect, Mr. Perfect, there. man, my my Am one I of my favorite wrestlers else? of all time. What? Am I missing anybody else? Was Randy Savage in it? No, Savage was not in it. Um, but you are missing um, Hulk Hogan. You didn't mention, I don't think. No, I did mention. Oh, I did mention. Um, yeah. Sorry, uh, Big Boss Man. Ah, the late great Big Boss yeah. Man. Yes, Earthquake. He was in it. Earthquake was in it. Um, oh wow! Sergeant Slaughter. Yes, Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, right. I believe the Million Dollar Man was also in it. That's right. Yes, Teddy Biasi was in it. Yes. Yep. So it, yeah, it was just. Um, for for a game uh, for a game that uh, oh let's not forget also um, Smash and Crush Demolition. Oh, they were in it too. Yep. Oh wow, this yeah. is how long I have not even touched or seen yeah. this game. No, no, so no. I was like, and oh man, that was that was the coolest thing about WrestleFest because um, up until that point, um, cons- wrestling games on the console would only have like eight guys, ten guys, or at most. 12 guys because in 91 again it was very limited when super nintendo came out they were able to expand to like 12 wrestlers and that wasn't that wasn't until i think like 1993 or 94 when like um Mm -hmm. royal rumble and raw came out but when you went to play wrestlefest in the arcade Mm -hmm. um you had like i don't know it was like maybe 16 guys or something like that and again because it was in the arcade the graphics were great the moves were fluid it was super fun and of course one of the best, um, one of the best type of matches you can play in a video game was the Go Royal say it. the Royal Rumble yes! option. Oh. And for those of you who don't follow wrestling, a, you know a Royal Rumble is basically when you have a bunch of guys in the ring and they come in consecutively in intervals um, until the ring would fill up, and then the way you would. Uh, the way you would win is you had to eliminate everybody else by throwing them over the top rope out of the ring. 
um, until the, and until there was only one person left. So it's basically a last man standing in that sense. Right. And right, in right, the arcade, right. and again, this was this was unprecedented at the time for um, for video games. You were able to have six guys in the ring at once. That was unheard of back then. Yeah, so it yeah. actually felt like the ring was packed with people, and there and there you are fighting up, you know, five other people at the same time, trying to eliminate them until you were the last one standing, and you had to go through every character. So it wasn't just the six you were playing against; you were playing against the entire roster in the game, and you had to mm-hmm. outlast all of them. I burned all my money playing this ha, game, ha. all of my money playing WrestleFest, and. It's a crime we haven't seen that on a console. It's like, what the heck, WWE? Why yeah. have we not seen this legendary classic yeah. game with legendary wrestlers not on a console? And yeah. allow me to ask a second question here. Why was there no WrestleFest 2? Well, it's funny you should say that because there was a WrestleFest game released, um, I want to say, eight or nine years ago ish mm-hmm. um, but it, it, and it was released on mobile and, and it was basically the same WrestleFest concept but it was mm-hmm. with current superstars so it was like Undertaker oh. John Cena I think Triple H was in there um, but again it was it was only for mobile it was very limited they had originally planned for a newer version in like 2012 that was supposed to be on like PlayStation 3 virtual con- virtual console. Okay. Right. Um, but it never it, it never I don't think it ever came out. So oh. So yeah, so a game like WrestleFest, uh, I don't know if you know, I mean, granted it would be great if they did an update with today's superstars, but I would love to see the original come to uh, mm-hmm. come to a home console for sure. I mean, it's just a out, outstanding super fun game, especially now like and these days um WWE's video games, like the new one that just came out um, on Friday, October 5th, WWE 2K19, I think it has like 200 superstars in it. Right. 200. Virtually, yes. Yeah. So we're talking about a game from, you know, almost 30 years ago that held like 16, and it was absolutely amazing, and we still talk about it today as one of the best wrestling games ever made. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you, you know, and also, let me point out one other thing that makes this game absolutely phenomenal the idea that in console games okay when you had any wrestling console games we can go back to pro wrestling on the nas we can go back to any game at that time um if you haven't noticed this little little unusual detail is that the characters were like this small yep okay and then all of a sudden now wrestlefest comes out in 1991 and they're huge yeah that's very I mean, true. For its time, it's huge. Yep. It's like when you when uh, Samsung came out with a Note One. Nobody's ever seen a five point three inch screen phone. Yeah. Same thing applies to WrestleFest. You had these large characters. The definition of the graphics. You had a crowd that was screaming, right? And like you could see their muscular development. You know. Yeah. And, it was. And, like, it was just see very, a lot of details within the character. It was super detailed. You um, for the tag team version. Remember the yeah. referee? There was a mm-hmm. referee in the yes, ring. Yes, that's right. That's yeah, right. I mean, yes, it, it was a they third really, man in. They, they really captured the essence of it. So, um, so WWE, if you're listening, which you're not, um, <sighs> let's bring WrestleFest back to the virtual console. Xbox One, PS Plus, uh, Switch Online. Would love mm-hmm. to see that make a comeback because I guarantee you, 
you're leaving money on the table because there are a lot of hungry wrestling fans out there. Uh, and there are a lot of just arcade fans out there that remember this fondly. You should bring – if the WWE is listening to this, you should bring back WrestleFest like you should bring back WWF Wrestling Ice Cream Bars. Oh, the ice cream bars. Okay. Yes. So Those were awesome. <laughs> but um, but uh, I think uh, – well, since that was my fifth game, I believe that completes the list. So if you guys think that we left anything off the list in terms of arcade games that were never released on console – you know, let us know. Shoot us, uh, shoot us an email. Shoot us, uh, shoot us a message on our Facebook page. You know, let us let us know what games you love playing in the arcade that you wish you had at home on your console. Hmm. Absolutely great. Absolutely great. All right, and it's time for this week's Did You Know? And I'm sure if you listen to the show, you know our Did You Know? segment is basically I'm going to point out something that you may not know about retro gaming history. So this is since I'm a history geek. This is one of my when I listen to the show. This I look forward to this every week. It's one of my favorite favorite segments. Well, good. I'm glad. So I hope and I hope you enjoy this little uh, this little piece of information. So I'm gonna start it with a question. Do you know and what the first the world's first video game arcade machine was? And I'm being specific in terms of video game arcade machine. No, I can't say I do. Okay. So a lot of people know that Periscope was one of, was the first – it wasn't the first video game. It was the first like arcade-style console, but it wasn't an okay. official arcade game. It was created mm-hmm. in a different way. I forget the term that they used. But that was in 1966. It was called Periscope. But the first – the world's first actual video game arcade machine came out in 1971, and it was a game called Computer Space. Now, Computer Space is a lot similar to another game that came out seven years later called Asteroids. So if you know the game... Oh, no way. So if you know the game Asteroids, it's kind of similar to that. So basically, um, you control control the ship, um, and there were a pair of buttons on the console that rotated the ship in one one direction or the other. Um, And the, uh, the cabinet itself was a it was like a really bright brightly colored cabinets there was like red mm-hmm. yellow um there may have been a blue one and then there was a green one um these were released in Japan um the green one was actually really special because the green one had joysticks on it which were the first time ever you know you had joysticks oh, wow. you know, on a ca- okay. on these cabinets but um they never they never um they never made that green version for the arcade. Mm. It actually wound up being a prototype that never wound up getting mass produced. But mm. Computer Space was the first mass produced video game arcade machine. It was created by Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney. If you don't know who those two people are, they went on they, they went on to start a little company known as Atari. Oh, no way. And a year yeah. Oh, wow. And a year after oh. a year after this game came out, they developed Pong. Ha <laughs> so, ah, classic. So the interesting thing about this, uh, this uh, about computer space was that in the actual arcade machine there was no RAM processor, there was no ROM, 
Um, they were at, because ROM chips were so expensive in the 70s they're not expensive anymore but in the 70s they were super expensive so what um, Nolan Bushnell did was he substituted in diodes on the circuit board and laid out laid out in the shape of the spaceship so on the actual circuit board you had the spaceship design so that you can oh, wow. so that it would show up on the screen so it's really interesting oh. how they did that um, the highest possible score you can get in this game was only 15. Once you reached a high score of 15, the game would reset because that was that was the that was as high as the circuit board uh, could allow in the game itself. Wow. So um, so now we're talking um, we're talking a game that came out 47 years ago, right? This game is 47 years old. Um, you know, if you want more information on it, check it out. I'll throw some stuff up on Facebook so you can read up on it. But Computer Space in 1990, 1971, I'm sorry, in 1971 was the world's first video game arcade machine. And that is this week's Did You Know? So another week has come and gone and we are at the end of this episode. And this has been a really interesting episode because we started it off at New York City Comic Con with Larry uh, and then we uh, moved on into the studio with me and uh, me and my man Ant here. Uh, and Ant, uh, I can't thank you enough for stepping oh. in and hosting with me this week, um, especially because um, I thought the topic was awesome. It was definitely something new. Um, always fun to go down memory lane with you, since uh, you know we we have history, man. Yeah, my pleasure was all mine. I'm very humbled to be here. Uh, it's a phenomenal show, and and I gotta say to you, uh, you know, it, it's it's. It's a very humble experience because uh, when I'm here, it speaks about a topic, you know, that I love. I love retro gaming, and I'm sure that the fans do too, you know. And we always say pass it forward, you know. Now my nephew and my nieces are are playing, you know, retro video games now. Nice. So they're getting into it as well. Starting. And young. by the way, my my niece Tiffany does listen to your show. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. So she really uh, and she's in Rutgers University. So she has... Well, hello, Tiffany. <laughs> Hope all is Thanks. going well at Rutgers. And, uh, yeah, she's, uh, you know, it, when she listens to the show every week, she also has a bunch of girlfriends who listen to the show as well. So, you know, they listen to it all together. So it's it's pretty awesome, man. Very cool. Very cool. And, yeah, just, uh, you know, and, um, you know, I know uh, you're, you're guest hosting on our podcast, and I talked about earlier that you have your own podcast so why don't you uh, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit something about that okay very easy so the yin and the yang podcast is mainly about martial arts and we dive into many different specific topics we talk about mixed martial arts traditional martial arts we also include and they go hand in hand health fitness motivation uh, just to give you an example we give a one segment called reclaiming you which is for people who are off track and they want to meet their goals or they want to meet a goal. And I give them an advice and ideas of how to get there, you mm. know? So in the very beginning on episode 41, for example, you know, we start building a foundation. Then we start setting up little goals, what I call little success, and we build you up. We also talk about anything that's happening in the mixed martial arts world. Uh, I also track my own progress which I talk a lot because in about four weeks from now, I'm running a 5K and I'm also doing a martial arts competition. Nice. So I've been training for that. Very nice. So before this guy gets too old, I want to be able to compete at least one more time. Awesome. So 
Uh, that's what we do. It drops every Friday okay. on the more of the same network family of podcasts. So I really appreciate you giving me the time to uh, talk about my program. No, no, it's no problem. And and may I say that um, as a listener of the Yin and the Yang podcast, I am Thank a I'm I am a big fan. Um, and I really feel like um, I really feel like it, it. Even you know, with somebody like me, um, you know, I have a lot. Sometimes I have a lot of motivational issues when it comes to my health and things like that. Uh, granted, you know, I, I'm a very active person. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, every once in a while, you get stuck in that rut. You get seeds of doubt and stuff like that. And I will say, you do a really good job at trying to help people get through those moments because those are those are those are really tough moments to get through. Um, so I congratulate you on that. And thank um, you. you know, thank you so anybody much. listening to the Retro Gamers podcast, I, I highly recommend giving Anthony a listen over at the Yin and the Yang podcast. So where um, where can they find your podcast? So the podcast can be found practically everywhere our home base is Spreaker if you just mm-hmm. type in the yin and the yang uh, we also are on iTunes iHeartRadio podcast addict YouTube I mean we release uh, an episode every Friday so we're now up to episode 51 this week nice so we're getting there I'm, I'm a little behind but I'm catching up over a year <laughs> yeah you're at, that, you're at that you're at that year mark man 52 yep 52 so, uh, celebrating I, that I, year well congratulations absolutely. Congratulations on a year of uh, successful podcasting. Thanks Um, so much. And again, um, you know, we're all part of the more of the same network. So, uh, you know, which is a great thing. Um, For those of you out there, um, for the retro gamers, uh, you can listen to us on Spreaker, iHeartRadio. We're on iTunes, Amazon Alexa, Spotify. Um, Obviously, now, if you're watching us, you're watching us on YouTube. So we have presence there. Um, you can find us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Retro Gamers Podcast, uh, on Instagram at Retro Gamers Podcast. Um, and geez, I don't even know where else. You can email us at email at theretrogamers.com if you wanna if you wanna talk to us, message us, email us. We we respond generally quickly because we love talking to our fans. Um, and and you know what? I think this uh, this closes out another successful week. Up, oh, I think you got one more thing. One last thing. Yes. Uh, speaking of that, um, if you want to check us out on Facebook, it is just type in on a search the Yin and the Yang podcast. Uh, we also we have an email if you have any questions, comments, anything like that. And one day I do want to get you over to the Yin and the Yang podcast, and I want to do a really huge segment uh, about martial arts games. Ooh, because okay. there are because a lot of our listeners have really emailed us and t- told us you know we're gamers too, and they I'm, listen to this show. I will happily so they, come over and talk about it. I'm sure Larry will too. Crossover, you know, yeah. absolutely. So Yin and Yang Podcast at Gmail dot com is where you can reach us. Very nice. All right, Ant, and uh, I think that's uh, that that just about does it. So uh, from all of us here at the Retro Gamers and from the Anthony Chu at the Yin and the Yang Podcast, thank you so much for listening at, or watching. Uh, And we'll see you next week. See you next week. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and... 
Done. Switch to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face. And done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switch to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.